Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill, it's great talking with you this week. Yeah, you as well. I thought we would talk about COVID again, and I just can imagine all of our listeners thinking, really, COVID? Why are we still talking about COVID? But there's a lot to talk about with COVID, and I thought we should really kind of refresh on just what's going on in the world, in the country, in our state. I know we're all ready for this to be done and over with, but it's not over. And just the other day, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, called the COVID Delta variant one of the most infectious respiratory viruses we know of. And, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing rates going up with, I think, now 82% of the cases in the United States being due to the Delta variant. So why is this important? I know that you're on a lot of calls with various leadership in the state and the government. Uh, what are you hearing? There is a resurgence of COVID into the public consciousness. I, there's been a lot in the news I saw over the weekend on COVID related to the Delta variant. You know, what we're seeing is a new increase in cases and a new increase in hospitalizations. And if you look at the numbers, I think it's a little confusing for people, some who have been concerned that there's been a lot of the sky is falling with some of this, because the numbers aren't as high. I mean, we certainly haven't hit, hit those peak levels of cases per day. I think it was over 200,000 per day at the peak of new cases in January, and we're more in the 40 to 50,000 range today. The reason why this is challenging is really, and compared to when we were seeing rises in cases in the past, at that point in time, all healthcare systems were really shut down to really manage COVID. It was kind of all hands on deck for COVID. Well, now since the vaccines have been rolled out and we've seen the case numbers dropping, hospitals have become very, very busy again now with all the care that was delayed during the pandemic. And so now what we're having rising cases and a backdrop where the healthcare systems themselves and the hospitals are really quite full. That's what's different now as compared to the previous surge in cases that we have seen. Although the amplitude isn't as high, it's in a backdrop of where the healthcare systems are really, really busy. Case in point, we've been dealing all summer with shortages in blood supply and, and high demand because of procedures and other things. That just gives you sort of a benchmark about how much the healthcare infrastructure is being utilized in the United States. And so now with these cases coming, and again, it's in certain spots. It's again, COVID all along has been a bit of uh, either tons of it or not that much of it. So it's hitting certain areas of the country, Missouri, central part of the country, Northeast Florida, where we have one of our Mayo Clinic hospitals that really seeing high case numbers. And those areas where the hospitals were already busy, it's causing significant issues. Yeah, it seems like the areas with low vaccination coverage continue to have the highest numbers. And the latest data I saw was that unvaccinated people account for 97% of hospitalizations and deaths. Yeah, that's right. There are breakthrough infections and there are breakthrough infections where mm -hmm. people are getting sick. We know the vaccines are not 100% efficacious, so it's not surprising. It's a difficult that when we have all the conversations around vaccines, which is we've talked about before and probably will again, the more the vi virus is circulating, and especially such an infectious virus, as you spoke to earlier from Dr. Walensky, you know, the more people who have been vaccinated can be exposed. So again, 
there's this interplay between vaccine rate, the infection spreading and people getting sick, whether they've been vaccinated or not, although most of the people getting sick are unvaccinated. And I think this is something we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, in the summertime. We know last year cases were a little lower and then we had a big resurgence in the fall. Now, of course, we're already seeing cases going up a little, but it makes us all worry, especially me as the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology, about what's going to happen this fall. Are we going to see influenza cases and uh, our typical rise in respiratory viruses along with COVID, especially when everyone goes from being outdoors to being indoors again? Yeah, it's hard to predict what's going to happen, but I think we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I know it's ironic that Mm. last year there was a lot of talk from Dr. Fauci and others in the healthcare leadership about the concerns of a twindemic, if you remember, and that we're going to have fall flu, influenza, and COVID. And of course, influenza didn't didn't come. But this fall might be when we're really dealing with this, right? We already know that some viruses like RSV are circulating as is, I think, influenza again, too. So I think it's really important for people to remember, most importantly, to keep themselves safe, right? Because when you're keeping yourself safe from COVID, you're keeping yourself safe from all those other viruses, too, and no one wants to get sick. And so I don't know, do you have thoughts on that? Well, just that last year, I think we didn't see the twindemic. Thankfully, the thought behind it was that people were being pretty good about wearing masks. And even some mask use was very effective in preventing influenza. So what I don't want to see is people just getting used to not wearing masks and then carrying that into the fall. And then we really could have that twindemic or even what would it be a trip triplet demic? <laughs> uh, I don't know what it would be if we had influenza, RSV and COVID, that would be a, a disaster. Yeah. I mean, that's been, been in my head too. It's look, we're all most of us, unless some people like wear masks, but most people are kind of fatigued on the masks and things, but mm-hmm. really is something we're going to have to think about here going into the fall to try and really get out in front of this. I know, as we mentioned last podcast, some parts of the country are going back to masking. It is being talked about, I think, at net national level again about masking guidance. And, you know, look, it's really important for people to be patient and get through this. So if it's the best thing to do, it's what we should do. So as the chair of our Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology, Bill, I'll ask you, what are you thinking about already for the fall and, and how to keep our department safe and uh, what we're going to be doing in laboratory medicine and pathology? We are still masking at work, and I think that will almost certainly continue. We might have to think about reinstituting some distancing if we see cases going up in terms of in break rooms and other areas that we know from the from last year that can be real hot spots for spreading the infection. I think that we're gonna to have to be mindful of that, particularly if we start seeing breakthrough infections and other things. So most importantly is we're gonna to have to really watch things and be clear with our staff and be proactive in taking preventative measures if it looks like we're getting back into problems. Cause it's really about our, our staff and our patients both protecting everybody. And it, part of it is just because Look, if people are sick, and this is, includes RSV and influenza and everything, you know, if you can't come to work, it puts a burden on everybody else. And the reality is there is a lot of concern around burnout in healthcare just because we've been dealing with this for so long. So the more we can keep ourselves healthy and able to come to work, the more we can be there for our colleagues and keep them safe, both physically and emotionally. And, and I think that's what we'll just have to really kind of strike that balance as we go into the fall here. Yeah, I agree. And I would say there are a couple things that do make me optimistic, knowing that we will get through this. The first is that we've done this now. We have systems in place and we can reactivate those systems. Some we've kind of just slowly taken down, but we can bring them back up again if needed. 
we have testing that's available. So it's a much, much different situation than we were in last year. But then also we've gotten very good at communicating. And I've always uh, really appreciated the weekly communication sessions you've done that we call our town halls, uh, where you answer questions. And I think that's been a very effective communication tool in getting the messages out when you're in this time of change and uncertainty. No, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, you can't over communicate when there's a lot of confusion out there. Just talking to my parents this weekend, you know, the masking guidances and everything else have been confusing for people. So the more you can communicate so people know what the best advice is for the time that you're in right now is really important and continuing to, to study. The other thing that people should I think it's hopeful is that we continue to get better at managing COVID patients as well. Mm -hmm. So there's more treatments that are available. I think there's more treatments that are being worked on and continued improvement in the vaccines in terms of understanding them and how they're effective, our boosters needed. I think most importantly is for people to get vaccinated. And the other thing, if you think about this Delta variant and emerged in India, and now I think we have some insights into why this particular strain or variant of COVID in a largely unvaccinated population, it was quite devastating. And so it still stresses the need to think globally about this too, in terms of having vaccines available globally and, and really trying to eradicate this as much as we can. Yeah, always a good reminder. Well, this podcast came out of our communications plan for COVID as well. So I guess we will just continue with that to communicate and help debunk myths, spread good news, talk about what's coming and do our best to just keep everyone up to date. That's right, we'll do our part. All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you again next week, Bill. Uh, me too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.